Hello and welcome back to another episode. I am currently still in Cairo, Egypt. This is actually a day after the last episode of Cry Over Your Spill Milk. I woke up and I pumped and I feel better, <laughs> if, you, if you care to know. And um, I actually recorded this episode before. I was re-listening to my episode yesterday and I said that, but I didn't give any context to it. I recorded my episode about what we're going to speak today before I left to Egypt and I just didn't like it. I felt like it was everywhere and nowhere. I always try to give you guys some tips to navigate with me uh, the current situation that I may be going through or that you may experience yourself. And in that one, I just felt like it didn't have, like the steps weren't cohesive. It felt like it was very everywhere and it was just a representation of my mind. I wanted to record so bad because I really felt like that was such an important lesson to teach. But at the same time, I was rushed. I wanted to do it while she napped because I was afraid that she would wake up and and it's just part of it. Thank God my husband lets me borrow his sound system. So this sound should sound absolutely amazing. Even if Nura is in the background, she is here. So it is what it is. I can't hide the fact that I have a three-month-old. Um, but uh, today's episode, I want to start, which is how I always start, just telling you guys a story that brought up the lesson and then and then with at least three tips for us to be able to navigate if you are someone who has experienced this too. Um, after giving birth, I experienced my first self-sabotage. I don't know if I'm saying that word right, but I remember listening to a podcast a while ago about um, the imposter syndrome, and I thought to myself, that is wild that people feel like that, that once they get something that they worked hard for, they start to feel like they're not worthy of it or that they're fake, you know, and I can see how it can happen in today's age, because if you really were to study and Think about some of the people who are extremely successful and wealthy, and you were to compare it as to how we were thought to be successful and wealthy and the hard, hard work and the, you know, no sleep and the grind, grind, grind and labor work. Like, it's very different than that. A lot of these people did a lot of different things or, you know, time in a line. I feel like we all have a time for us that we we get to work hard but the timing of certain things is really not up to us like it's really up to God and when we surrender that part and we enjoy the process then things start to happen but you can work so hard and be the healthiest and get your body ready for for example pregnancy and if it's not your time it's not your time you can work so hard for a certain goal and do your part. And if you're desperate on just get in there and get in there and get in there and you feel like everybody gets there before you and all these emotions come up, it's like the timing of it. If you're doing everything it takes on your end ethically, the timing of it sometimes is not up to us. It's up to God. And so I feel like given how we work now nowadays, is I can see why people have the imposter syndrome. I can see why people could easily blink and then they get what they've been working for so hard and feel like they're not worthy of it or feel like, men. but what did I do? I posted on social media. You know, there's some accounts that go viral of one video and the success that they leverage out of that, that, 
that many followers and all of that can feel like, wait, I'm a faker. Like there's people who have better videos than me or who do editing better or who've been doing this for longer and didn't have the success that I have. So my point is, even though I personally never experienced it and listening to that podcast that one time had me like thinking like, wow, there's people that feel like that. I can see why and I can see um, where they come from. But for me, I had listened to the podcast a while back, I think before I even was pregnant. And I just recall, it was a few days postpartum, that after you give birth, the days are such a blur. And it's so beautiful. And it makes me wonder a lot of the times if I will feel like that again, if I get to, you know, give birth again, because it was honestly one of my favorite parts of pregnancy. I'm actually getting emotional about it or of postpartum. You feel like you went into this bubble world um, for me, you know, because I know everybody has a different postpartum. It just felt like you prepare so much for this moment and then it's here and everything slows down. I had never in my life had anything slow me down and keep me as present as Nura did when she came. My labor was so long that it felt like, like I went into this tunnel for the longest walk ever. And when I saw the light, it was like it was so beautiful that I couldn't think, look, do anything else. It just felt so sacred. I was home. My mom was making me meals and caring for me. My husband was caring for me. Um, everything was slow. I had to shower slowly. I had to lift my leg up slowly. I had to care for myself. I had to drink hot, warm things. I had to put into practice everything I had practiced. I had studied and I had worked for. And it just felt so beautiful. It felt like the world outside didn't exist. Like finally, I put a pause into the world and I was present. And that's what it felt like for me. And now people that have two and three, I'm like, wait, did it feel the same the second time? I literally felt the rebirth of myself. And I remember one of those days, I go to take a picture in the mirror. And I'm so grateful for my body. And you guys know that. Like the gratitude wasn't like more like, oh, I'm grateful for how I look and, you know, that I, I lost the way or this or that. It was just like, wow, you pushed that baby out. You did it. Like, even though I had always spoke positively and defended my home birth, deep down, we always have that little fear. I mean, look at the world that I gave home birth in. It's very rare for somebody to choose a home birth. So it, the, the fear was there. Don't get me wrong. Especially when I had to sign. I remember looking at Chloe, my midwife, um, actually looking at her through the screen. We had a Zoom meeting and, I was, and she was asking me if I signed all the, all the paper. And there was one of the papers, which was a waiver form that I signed that I chose this. You know, I chose this birth. And they'll say the paperwork that in case of emergency, she needed to transfer me into a hospital they needed. And I remember reading that part and I was like, dang, this sounds like very serious. And I told her, I was like, man, that question makes you stop and think. And she's like, yeah, that's why that question is there to really ask yourself if you really want this. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. When I signed that, I'm like, yeah, I want this. But the fear was there. Don't get me wrong. It was very present. So a few days after um, giving birth, I look at myself in the mirror and I feel so beautiful. I feel the most beautiful I've ever felt. Like, I just feel so grateful. Like, in, I can't explain it. Like, there's, there's no words to explain it. 
I felt so grateful to be in this body. I felt so grateful for the hard work I put in, all the meditations, all the stretches, all the research. I just, it all came together like, and, and covered me like completely. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, wow, this is the new you. This is who you've been waiting for. This is, she's here and, and she's exactly what you imagined and more. And I take a picture and I posted it in a lot of hearts, a lot of hearts, a lot of people messaging me saying I looked beautiful, I was radiant and light and it wasn't like where I was like super skinny showing my belly, it wasn't like that at all. I had a tank top and PJs and a robe, if you follow me you know I was wearing that pink robe every day and my hair was down and I had one arm literally wrapped in a wristband because I had hurt my right hand from using it so much to push myself back and forward and breastfeeding and picking her up. And it wasn't the perfect setup. A few days after that, I she took a long nap. You know, newborns sleep a lot. And I went to grab the outfit that I had taken, like, photos with. Um, if you know, it's pinned in my profile. It's that uh, gray, like, set that's from Skims. And I went to grab it because I remember saying, like, oh, I'm going to take, like, all my befores and afters with this set. And I put it on and I put the pictures together and it was like not even complete three weeks and my belly was like 90% gone. And I was like, wow, I look good. Like, <laughs> I look good. And if you don't know about my background, I actually was a ballerina for 13 years. I struggled a lot. I grew up around pe uh, girls that were bulimic and were anorexic and girls that, you know, had a lot of body image issues. And I've spoken about this in the podcast that I feel like to a certain extent we all do because of the world that we grew up in. But I just wanted, what started, what kickstarted my fitness journey is I just wanted to be skinny. I even went vegan for almost two years just because I wanted to be skinny. Like I wanted to look like a stick um, because that's what was being sold. So my journey to self-love was not a breeze. I didn't have confidence always. I didn't look in the mirror and loved what I saw. It was a work in progress. I've, I too have sat in front of a mirror and cried. I too have, you know, been frustrated about this little thing and that little thing that I hate about my body. And it's been a process of over 10 years to arrive where I was most comfortable, most in love, most acceptance of myself when I went to Dominican Republic in 2021 after those five months. And I came and I got married and I remember just feeling like genuine love for myself and gratitude and appreciation for the body that I was in with imperfections and all. So when I got pregnant, I was in a good state for, for body image per se. And I take the pictures I feel like I look so good. I put them together and a wave of thoughts just rushed through my head. Oh my God, the conversation was so unhealthy. Right away, it was like, I have given birth with about four to five other women that also do Herbalife. And some of, they were all so different. It was so cool. It's like one gave birth at a hospital unmedicated. One had an emergency C-session. One had a chosen C-session. This was her second pregnancy after twins. And she said she liked her experience as a C-session. She was going to have another C-session. One had given birth at hospital with um, Pitocin and Epidural and decided to not breastfeed. I mean, every single person who I was like tracking with within two weeks of their pregnancy, uh, I was pregnant within two weeks of their pregnancy, all were so different. Um, and I was like thinking about all of them and everyone else. I started to think 
I put the pictures together and f- going from being so in love and proud and feeling so happy, I, I it went down the left. I started to think, well, what if I post this? What if someone's struggling and not feeling good? What if someone is feeling um, down upon the body that they have postpartum? What if someone's still dealing with postpartum body image? What if um, I, I, I'm just lucky? What if I, if I didn't deserve this and I didn't, this is not something I should boast about? What, I mean, it was crazy chatter that like was going on. And I don't even want to use the word crazy because I know that the, it's normal for us to, you know, have these kinds of conversations. I know I'm not the only one. But for me to experience the first time of self-sabotage, I was like, what is going on? And then um, it took me a few days. I did not post that day. The next day, it took me a few days. And I was like, you know what? Revelsine, <laughs> you worked your butt off. And I made my caption about that. Um, I think about a week and a half after me taking the photos and having ready to go, ready for them to go, um, I decided I was going to post it on a Monday. And the caption says, Monday check-in. Look, I'm not here to promote a get back quick because that's not even my goal. As mothers, we get to know we birth a new us. And that means sometimes a different body. What I am here to say and not play upon is the efforts I've put into my health, mind, body, and spirit. This didn't come naturally with me. I wasn't presented at home while growing up, nor was it overnight. I have been in I have been in focus of ways to get the most I can from this body in this lifetime. And I'm not going to neglect how much work has happened in the past 10 years for me to land where I am. It's physical that you see, but I've read the books, researched, did the breath work, the meditations, the face in myself and my not so pretty side, the affirmations, etc., etc., all with balance and grace. So yes, it's amazing what our bodies can do, but they work at their ultimate when we are aligned with what we hear, consume, how we move, what we allow in and what we say no to. It's never ending. And when your goal is the journey, it takes away the rush for perfection, which is an illusion to begin with. So to any women reading this, start pouring into, into you in all senses, because there's many things you can't control, but your mind, body, and spirit, you can. Here for you, mama. I decided to post it. And instead of making the caption about, look how great I look or whatever, I wanted to Give myself some props, but it was hard. I had a long conversation with Musafa before writing this post. This post is, did very, very well. I mean, people were nuts sharing it. They couldn't believe, you know, that I looked like that a few weeks postpartum. Um, it has over nearly 3,000 likes. <clears throat> over 75 people saved it. Over 110 people shared it. It went, it went bananas, but I wanted to make sure that I posted about how it was a lot of work behind that, but I had to tell myself all of that before posting it. I also made a slide into photos and one of them I'm literally crying because <laughs> I wanted to make sure that people knew that this wasn't like a before and after and I feel gray and mask and everything else. I had a long conversation with Mustafa and he's like, well, why do you, he asked the questions like, why do you think you feel this way and this and that? And all of that brought to me a big light into just inner things that I need to work on personally. I feel like at times I 
I can come off looking extremely confident, not afraid of anything. Um, but deeper, deep down, sometimes I question if uh, my emotions match what I reflect. Um, and with that being said, I wanted to give you guys some tips and things that I did to first recognize that I, I was self-sabotaging myself and second, to move in a different directions. And if you're somebody who has struggled with self-sabotage or not feeling worthy of, of certain things, um, my step one for you would be to write it all, all that, all that it took for you to get whatever you got or to get to wherever you got. So I started to think, wait, hold on, Rebelsi, it's been over 10 years. It's been a lot of times that you got up and worked out when you didn't want to. It's been a lot of times that you said yes to a challenge and took your before photos and committed. One of the challenges that I did in December 2020, I literally was in DR eating about, I don't know, 1,400 calories a day, working out twice a day because I really wanted to win a challenge. And I've made a lot of sacrifices. I've chosen, you know, healthier meals when at times it was easier to eat other things. So I started to remind myself of everything that I'd done. And I'm just telling you exercise and, and eating. But all the times that instead of playing music, I played a book, I played a podcast, I worked on my mindset. All the times that I signed up for breath work workshops or um, I played meditations and tried to calm my nervous system. All the times that I cut out or said no to certain people or places because I know it didn't involve things that would put me forward towards you know, the things that I want in life. That was, that has been one of the hardest things for my health girl saying no, learning to say no without, without the guilt. I've said no a lot of times with a lot of guilt that I even question if it's worth it. I'm like, dang, dang, damned if I do, damned if I don't. But writing it all down, starting to think, wait, what have I done to get here? You had a whole four months consistently doing affirmations and meditations about your body, about my body positivity, about how, you know, what my body's meant for. A whole few months of taking care, uh, doing childbirth education, learning what is best for me. A whole 10 years of the aim and pursuit of this lifestyle. So dang, dang right, you should feel good about your body. And you should... Um, you know, give yourself props and feel proud and give yourself credit for the sacrifices and the disciplines that I have put into place. Um, step two is to affirm differently. I started to tell myself, you are worthy of this, Rebelsi. You are worthy of feeling this. You are um, enough. You are meant for this. This is how you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to feel confident. You're supposed to feel love. You're supposed to feel this is all the things God wants you to feel. So start to affirm differently then maybe like, um, who am I to, to deserve this? Or I shouldn't start to affirm differently over your life. And literally, if you need to look at yourself in the mirror and start saying these things, then, then let it be that. If you didn't deserve it, you wouldn't have gotten it. It's one thing I kept telling myself. If I didn't deserve this, I wouldn't have gotten it. If I didn't deserve this, I wouldn't have gotten it. And step three is that your goods don't, mean bad upon someone else 
that's one of the things. Like, why did my brain go towards, well, because I look good, someone's going to feel bad. Why can't I go, well, because I feel this good, maybe I can help someone else feel that good. Maybe, you know, the way I, I looked or what I wrote can inspire someone to start working on themselves, can inspire them to eat healthier, can inspire them to move their body, can inspire them to go within. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that because I'm doing well, I am causing sadness on someone else's life, like I was thinking. It's like because I'm doing well, it opens the opportunity for others to be able to see that they too can do well. So those are my three tips for you guys, for anybody who has dealt with self-sabotage and just giving you guys a little background of what the pictures that you saw and how I felt. I'm so, so, so grateful for this body and it's a never-ending journey. Um, I know that I put in a lot, a lot of work and if I want my confidence and to attract people that A, maybe need to make those changes, but B, also are in the same energy like uh, energy wave of acceptance of love of humbleness it doesn't have to boast like you know confidence is silence you don't have to speak much when someone walks into the room someone that loves themselves and works on themselves walk into a room you see it they don't have to boast about it they don't have to show off you feel that that person is so whole within themselves that anything else is a cherry on top because they're good and that's what i i want to project and I want to have others feel around me, you know, the inspiration, but also that, hey, she loves herself so much and it's so beautiful that I too can and I too want to do that. Ah, this feels good. This feels so much better than the first one that I recorded it. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Um, it's never late to start. Pour inside yourself, pour in your mind, pour the right things, eat the right nutrients, move your body. And sometimes it's a long journey to get to feeling really good within your body, but it's always worth it. It's always, 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 always worth it. I tell some of my clients, um, okay, take away the end goal. Take away the way you want to look. Don't you feel better? Don't you feel better moving yourself? Don't you feel better eating the right things? So focus on that instead of a look and a number and a scale. I know those things are very motivational and it's what you want to see, but I promise you that with or without that, it's worth the journey. So be kind to yourself and others. <laughs>